It's Tuesday at 8pm and you're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Good evening and you're very welcome to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and coming up on the programme tonight... Dan Sykes from Springfield Castle in West Limerick shares an update on the historic venue. Final year student and Newcastle West native Katie Noonan, no relation, has an appeal to you to help her with her thesis to get it published. And finally, our resident wine guru, Ron Forrestal, returns with some great wine recommendations just in time for Mother's Day. But before we welcome Dan, let me tell you how to get in touch with me here at The Best Possible Taste. You can make contact by emailing me, s.noonan at live.ie, or you can tweet me at Queen of Org, as in Queen of Organisation. And I'm also on Instagram at Sharon J. Noonan. So Springfield Castle outside Broadford in West Limerick is set on 200 acres and it is steeped in history. I spoke to Dan Sykes yesterday to find out what's happening on the historic venue in the current climate. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Great to have you on the programme today. Just for people that are not familiar with Springfield Castle, which is out in, in rural West Limerick, just, just give us a bit of the background to the castle. Okay, well, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, I'd love to talk about Springfield. Um, so basically, we're situated between the villages of Drumcollar and Broford in West Limerick. Um, the castle has been here for hundreds and hundreds of years in different forms and shapes and sizes. But I'm, uh, I've been here for the last four years, and I, I suppose I could be known as the cook and the gardener here. Um, but my mum and dad have been running the place for a long time. Um, it's actually uh, under the stewardship of my uncle, who is actually not a resident in the country. But my mum and dad have been here since 1978, I think. And before that, my grandparents were here. But um, historically, I think it was um, inhabited by the Fitzgeralds, uh, going back to um, quite a long, long time ago. And they had, like... Um, People like um, Dahio Bruder, the famous poet, there's a statue to him in Broford, was a resident here at one point as well. And it, it's always been um, based around, I suppose, the the the, 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 the townland or the farmland of um, of uh, Gortna Tubra, which is Springfield, basically, um, in Irish. And yeah, it's, it, it's been here a long time, but it's really now a self-catering. Since 1980, I think, my mum turned the castle, one of the houses, into a self-catering thing. And since then, it's developed. It's... Um, it's, we get quite a lot of, or used to get quite a lot of American clientele. We get some English visitors and Germans as well, um, and some Irish tourists as well, more in the off-season. And it's self-catering, but now at the moment, Springfield will sleep up to 25 to 26 different guests. It has two houses that join into one, so you can have two different families staying at one time. Um, and it's situated in, I think the farmland is about 200 acres, and a lot of it is under sustainable woodland management as well. We also have an organic deer farm here that my dad has been doing for years and years, which is getting a bit smaller now. Uh, it's also still a working farm but um yeah it's, it's a very beautiful and idyllic place kind of located in west limerick and probably fair to say that it would be one of the hidden gems in west limerick because as you say there most of the visitors that would have come to stay in the past would have been international especially americans however in saying that since you joined the business four years ago you had started to develop other different types of events and you have yeah. the, the green room there now as well yeah so 
basically we've started like um i suppose it always has been hidden and that's because as you said it was international tourists would come and it was kind of like you book the place and it was exclusively yours we actually find a lot of the time we meet people from the area and they're like i never even knew it was there so it is quite a hidden gem but yeah we have a green room cafe and this was set up basically to provide a food service that we're all a big foodie family and we always have been my mum's always been an amazing cook um and we have our own gardens and stuff so it's about trying to just create like a good food output from the castle and develop that kind of a thing so we started running a Saturday cafe I think even before the green room in the space there was no shed in one of the yards we leveled the floor and that was really the beginning um we, it kind of happened quite organically after that and we ran a few um kind of Saturday once a month in the summertime we were doing a couple of stalls and markets and stuff like that and it very organically developed into the green room where we then on Saturdays had a cafe that was open you know just a walk-in cafe and we were trying to promote as much like homegrown food as possible and using old family recipes and stuff like that um the green room is still there obviously we're close to the public for kind of sit down events but it's a very nice space i can kind of describe it as best i can but i won't do it justice it's an old shed which has a very bright space to it it's got a giant um barbecue in it uh, that was inspired inspired by south american kind of asado style barbecues it has a big pizza oven and stuff and we also have a food truck connected to it as well so at the moment during these times we're actually doing takeaway menus every friday night and we do things like stone baked pizza um we do things like deep fried chicken and chips with our own special gravy and then we always have revolving specials and we've also now got a takeaway kind of a food brand which we're doing trying to promote our venison um which is available for collection from places like sunnis or rift or the urban co-op on saturday and fridays and saturdays and it's all organic uh, venison cooked meals. We do things like a venison rogan josh or a venison sag or venison meatballs with tomato sauce and stuff like that. So we're trying with the green room when and we're really looking forward to the summer if we can relax and open up. We sometimes used to have small events in there with like maybe bits of music playing or local people playing music and we'd also be serving food. So um yeah, it's 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 there as a kind of I suppose an access point for everyone to come and see the place and enjoy the food. You are very committed to using the local in season ingredients so you have mm-hmm. the venison which is from your farm and you also have yep. a lovely a lovely walled garden there as well yeah well our, our tagline for the green room is actually west limerick born and grazed so it's a bit of a play on the fresh prince of bel-air but yeah like i think we'd be very um strong believers in using local produce and getting things from within your own kind of area, you know, like kind of like, you know, we're, we're not that strict. We're not like the five mile radius or anything. We're trying to use things as close as possible, you know, um, and trying to use the local producers and showcase the entire area. But there is amazing produce in Ireland. And I think we all know that we have amazing ingredients and amazing producers. So why not showcase the stuff in your area as best as possible? And I know from a previous visit that I've had out there that you have a passion for chili growing and making chili sauces. Yes, yes, I do. Yeah. So I've always loved chilies. Um, and obviously we can grow quite a lot of them in the polytunnel and stuff like that. But um, I make a chili sauce called Ophelia, which has become quite popular and you can get it in a few different places. In fact, this week we're going to be relaunching. We have a, not relaunching, just launching. We're kind of just figuring out the background parts of it. We have an, a click and collect uh, website that we're launching, basically. So through that, it means that people can actually buy the Ophelia sauce and we can post it out to you and stuff like that. But it's, it's a fermented chili sauce, so it's kind of um, the only ingredients are salt, chili, water and garlic. Um, and it's made in a way that was like an old school way of fermentation to preserve food and keep food um, safe to use at a later date is the best word. So there's no vinegar or anything like that. And it. it's very um, kind of natural flavor, some and stuff like that. So we've actually going to start to do some different recipe suggestions soon on our site and our social media to do with some of the things that we're doing and to showcase some of our products. 
you've travelled extensively from being at college and afterwards. So have you taken inspiration from those travels and brought it back oh. home? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, anywhere I go, always, wherever it is, I'm always trying to eat <laughs> food or the, you know, the best food that's there or whatever. So definitely, I think it's... Um, and you can bring back different ideas, even though they're quite like maybe outside of the way of thinking, but you can make them then with local produce, you know, so it could be kind of a nice fusion of things as well. Whenever people come out to Springfield Castle for the first time, and I'd imagine, you know, a lot of us are not aware of the, the amenities that we have on our doorstep and the, the lockdowns have actually give us, given us an opportunity to, to really expand our horizons, albeit within a, a restricted 5K. But I'd imagine people do say to you a lot of the time, we never knew this was here. Yeah, yeah, that does actually happen quite a lot. So we're trying to change that now. We'd like people to know that we're here and that we have uh you know a food brand i suppose and food products and also a very nice space to interact with as well you know we have lots of woodlands here i think i mentioned them earlier so we're trying to develop some walks and stuff through them we also have the green room which when we can open again it does have quite a lot of seating space so uh, we do a lot of private parties in there as well it's not just um just a cafe people could have we've hosted uh, 80th birthday parties in there we've hosted 30th birthday parties we've done christening weddings it's it's all possible basically but it's a very nice fun and relaxed environment i think you've, you've been in the green room so you know it's kind of quite casual um it's got big long tables that everyone sits at together and communal so that may not be the best thing at the moment but um it's got, it's kind of done in a kind of a nice relaxed and fun way and also we have the history of the castle itself we have the tower house the irish tower house of the fitzgeralds which is just recently been restored and we've actually just put our second uh, exit point into it so we can start doing tours of that now when this is all restricted as well but it's all restored using our own oak from the forest here it's built in medieval style building which means there's very little nails and stuff in it it's all done with wooden dowels but it, it's really an amazing space and we're going to hopefully maybe start doing some different events within the tower itself uh we're just trying to kind of put that idea together at the moment the bottom floor we often use for different food or music events and we have two other levels to it as well. So we're looking forward to like welcoming people in and showing them around the space because it really is, it, it's amazing. Your music events have also extended to filming for music videos. Yes, yeah, we've had that as well. Yeah, we've had quite a few different bits and pieces here. Actually, I think our famous music thing in Springfield is that Robert Smith from The Cure actually stayed here a long time ago, but he did actually stay here. So that's one of our things. But yeah, our music events that we do, I, I was involved in the Limerick music scene for a long time. Uh, and still am a little bit. So I had this idea that we do Friday night social, it was called, and then it became the Friday social distance during the more modern times. But for a brief window last summer, we were able to invite people back in outside, not inside. And I have friends um, like my friend Teddy, who lives here and works here as well. is actually a great DJ. So he come, plays a bit of a soundtrack in the background and stuff. And I'm hoping to, as things relax, that we can invite more people out. And because for me, like music and food are quite closely connected, you know, music, food and drink and leisure and stuff. So it's nice to be able to pull all the different things you've had experience with and try and put them together as like an entertainment thing or just as a nice experience, basically, for people. And maybe at some point we can expand it on to maybe doing small quartets and stuff. But with the with the Tower House now completed so we can actually use it as a space uh, as we have the second exit, we're going to try and maybe do more music events and uh, more showcases, maybe maybe even inviting people to do podcasts or film screenings or discussions or whatever, and create it as a nice kind of community and cultural space. Fabulous. I have seen that uh, a few of the restaurateurs, cafes that are doing takeaway or 
gift boxes, for example, would include maybe um, a suggested list of music to listen mm-hmm. to while you're yeah. enjoying the food, just in an effort to try and recreate that whole atmosphere. And that's something yeah. that you're looking at as well. Yeah, well, I'm hoping to get a few people to curate some playlists. And every week when we put up our menu, we'll have a new playlist or a playlist that we recommend and maybe some good local beverages or, you know, beverages from the area that you could also include to go with your meal. And then maybe an activity to do that weekend. And obviously, this is when the restrictions have lifted a bit and we're allowed to travel a bit more freely. That we try and promote another activity in the local area and trying to keep like... Obviously, we're all mad to, you know, go back on holidays and stuff like that or get to the coast. But I think even for me, I feel a lot like that I've been quite restricted and that I just I'd be so happy to be able to drive down to Foynes now, for example. Do you know, I, I really would love that right now. And just to be able to maybe, you know, showcase some of those little things that you kind of maybe when things were before, you didn't think about things in your local area. It was always about going somewhere else. But I think now that I feel anyway, that I'd be quite happy to stay within even the area of West Limerick, but to be able to move freely around it and go and interact with some of the great different things that we have. Yeah, it's good to be a tourist in your own time, yeah, for sure. Definitely. And I think maybe something like this, we can take some positives out of it. It might maybe change people's mindset to where... You don't have to go away to have a good time. You can stay around your area and have a great time and think like, I mean, it's great not having to invest in a two hour journey to go and see something great when you could, you know, be 10 minutes down the road and have equally just a good time, if not better. It sounds like you're very committed to collaborating with other businesses in the area to support one another. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And at the moment, we're just trying to, it's been quite hard in the last year, obviously. And I think everyone would find that to make plans because there's been little enough direction and we did try last year, we, we began running this idea of um, doing these small little mini festivals for groups of people because we can sleep 25 people. We were able to say, well, if you come here, we've got a food truck and you may not have electric picnic this year, but we've got a food truck and we can organize some DJs or bands to play for you and your group of friends. And that seemed, that was getting some great traction and stuff. But unfortunately, then we got a few things booked in and then the regulations changed. So they were all, you know, cancelled. So it, a lot of the time it is quite hard to make a plan or to see what's happening. But now I think we can kind of feel that the, the, we're coming towards maybe the end of this entire thing. So when we come back, we'd like to be offering a huge amount more collaboration with local activities in the area. And I mean, there's so much great stuff. I mean, just over the way is Teresa's story from the Green Apron. You know, actually for Mother's Day, we're using her apple pie cake as the dessert for our food box for Mother's Day. So she's from our cookbook that she did. Um, and just the, her whole thing of the folklore and stuff like that. There's so many like little interesting things around the area. It's easy to collaborate, I would say. And I think hopefully everyone will have that idea now and try and if we when we've, you know, the food trail map is there now as well that came out before all this happened and stuff. And just for people to be able to kind of like move around West Limerick and experience all the different things, whether it's like the ferry tours or whether it's food tours or whatever it is. You mentioned Teresa Story's recipe there that you're using for the Mother's Day box. So tell us a bit more about that because Mother's Day is literally just around the corner. So if people want to be plotting and planning and be ahead of the game now, what have you on offer? So we're doing a three-course Mother's Day meal for €25, Euros, um, and we were just finalising the menus last night, actually, so I can tell you about it right now. Brilliant. So we're doing a garden soup with homemade bread, and the homemade bread is actually made by my, my dad. He's a very keen baker anyway, and obviously the pandemic has made him even better. <laughs> so we're a very nice homemade bread. Um, we're then going to have an option of, I think it's going to be um, a creamy chicken dish with some of our garden vegetables and either mashed potato or rice. And then I possibly think the other one is, um, it's going to be a venison tagine uh, and that's served with rice. And then for dessert, we're doing Teresa Story's apple pie cake. 
it sounds fabulous. And we were talking about travel earlier on and food. I actually spent time in Morocco two years ago uh, working in a kitchen for a week learning how to make tagine. So I promise the tagine is very authentic. Oh, gosh, it sounds amazing. It sounds absolutely yeah. amazing. Well, it's great to hear your plans and um, that you're, you're keeping positive and you're keeping busy. That's, you know, a credit to you and all the team there at Springfield. If anybody listening wants to order or, or wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, at the moment, like I said, we're going to be releasing this week. Hopefully, we're going to be launching our Click and Collect website. But on, otherwise, apart from that, the easiest way to find us and to see what our menus are and keep up with us is either on Facebook, Springfield Castle on Facebook, or the Green Room Springfield on Instagram or Springfield Castle on Instagram. We have a few different pages, and generally, we're putting our menus or our different ideas for events and stuff like that up there. Fantastic. Thanks a million, Dan. Great to catch up with you. You too. Thanks a million. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and just before the break I was talking to Springfield Castle's Dan Sykes who have a very exciting menu planned for Mother's Day which is just around the corner now on March the 14th. That's Sunday week. If you are just tuning in now and you missed that, you might want to catch the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM when it is repeated on Wednesday mornings at 8am and the podcasts are available to listen to on SharonNoonan.com as well as iTunes and the podcast app. Still to come tonight, our resident wine guru Ron Forrestal from Forrestal Wine Merchants returns with some wine recommendations. Next though, we're going to hear from an IT Tralee final year student and Newcastle West native Katie Noonan, no relative as I said before. Katie has a very special request to make. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Katie, you're very welcome to the programme this evening. You're a Newcastle West native. I am, yeah. My name is Katie Noonan. I'm in my final year in agricultural science in IT Tralee, and I'm carrying out my thesis on the comparison between goat meat versus beef. You have a very special request now this evening for people listening because you need their help with your thesis. Yeah, I'm carrying out a survey at the minute and I'm hoping to get near a thousand participants and therefore I can put it out in as a scientific paper. And you can find it on my Facebook page. It's just Katie Noonan and just carry into the link. It shouldn't take any more than three to four minutes to fill out the survey for me. And I'd be very grateful. And what's your thesis about? Um, It's comparison between goat meat and beef. And I'm looking at the demand and consumption the comparing the health benefits um, if there's a future of goat meat in Ireland and the environmental impacts of each meat. What inspired you to choose this subject for your, your thesis? Um, I know a few goat farmers around that are currently doing cheese or milk and are looking into the meat side of it and they were wondering as well if there was a demand around. So I said I'd help them out and I know that the environmental impacts of beef is quite high and they're looking at other alternatives and goat meat is a very good alternative and it's very healthy as well. So far in your discussions with people, what have you found? I think goat meat is, is probably one of the the most consumed meats in the world, if you look at it from a global basis, because there's countries where it's a very standard meat to consume, whereas in Ireland it might be something that's relatively new. Yeah, in a lot of countries it's their main 
type of meat. But in Ireland, I found a lot of people didn't actually see goats as a, a meat product, that they didn't really know that you could get goat meat. But they also said that they were very interested in trying it if it was going to be readily available. And they're actually looking at a quality assurance scheme to see if they can bring something in, which would obviously make people more inclined to try it out as well. Yeah, because that's the thing, isn't it? It's always challenging to get people to try something new for the first time. Yeah, definitely. But I think if I can try and prove the health benefits that a lot of people are going into kind of a health kick now when they're looking for alternatives, especially red meats, and it's definitely lower in calories, saturated fats and unsaturated fats, cholesterol has a good protein and it's very high in iron, so it is very good type of red meat to be consuming. Tell us a bit more about your degree. It's in agricultural science. What are you hoping to do whenever you've graduated? I actually got offered a place in Galway to do a master's in agri-food sustainability and technology. So I'm hoping to go there in September and do a year there. And do you come from a farming background? Um, no, we don't, we're not farming ourselves, but I've always been around farms and very interested in it. Well, listen, all the best with the thesis. Do you just want to remind us where to get the details again so that people can go in and fill in the survey for you? Yeah, if you just go on my Facebook page, just Katie Noonan, and you'll find the link there, and it shouldn't take long to fill it out. I'd be very grateful. Well, best of luck with it, and when you have completed it, will you come back on and tell us all about the results? I will, of course. Thanks very much, Sharon. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and just before the break, Katie Noonan put out an appeal asking for you to help her with her final year thesis. I filled in the questionnaire during the break there and it literally only took minutes. So please do have a look at her Facebook page to get the link and I'll also put it up on my website. And earlier in the programme, I was talking to Dan Sykes from Springfield Castle. But if you're just tuning in now, you're very welcome to the programme. And you can catch the best possible taste repeat on West Limerick 102 FM on Wednesday mornings at 8am. And the podcasts are available to listen to on SharonNoonan.com as well as iTunes and the podcast app. Now, finally tonight, I am delighted to welcome back to the show our resident wine guru, Ron Forrestal. Whilst Dan from Springfield Castle can take care of the catering for your Mother's Day celebrations, then Ron is the man for the accompanying wines. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Ron, you're very welcome to the programme this evening. How are you keeping? Hi Sharon, I'm very good, how are you? I'm great, thanks very much. And I'd imagine this is kind of a busy time of the year for you normally between Valentine's Day a few weeks ago, Mother's Day's coming up and St. Patrick's Day also. But big changes this year, obviously. Yeah, big changes this year. But there is a, a, a spring is in the air since the probably Valentine's Day. So things improved dramatically uh, from the non January is very quite. So you're doing a lot of retail business at the moment, which you wouldn't normally do. And for people listening who need inspiration for gifts for Mother's Day, you have a great selection to suggest to us. Yeah, absolutely. We've over 400 wines here in the warehouse in the stole. And uh, over the last year or so, we've always done some private business, but the last year or so we've concentrated on it a lot more. Um, so what we found popular um, for events like Mother's Day, um, our Valentine's Day has just gone. 
Is champagne is always popular. Prosecco, sparkling, rosé, some nice white, New Zealand white, and some good red. Yeah, there's nothing like a little bit of bubbles now to, to raise the spirits. I think even a little glass of bubbles can improve the mood. I don't know, is it the is it the, the sparkle in the drink? But certainly I remember a number of years ago on Christmas Day, um, coming downstairs and dad saying, what would you like to drink? And I said, well, what have you got? And I don't know, for whatever reason, I was just feeling a bit flat. And um, he said, you can have anything you like. And I said, have you any champagne? And he said, I do. And I said, well, I'll have a glass of champagne. And sure, half an hour later, I was a different person. It fairly perked me up on that Christmas morning and kept me going for the rest of the day. So whenever it comes to Champagne, which is a region in France, um, there's lots of different price points, is there? There is. Now, there's the name that you recognise that you'll see in most supermarkets like Moe and uh, Sico. But then there's a whole lot of others Seven, eight hundred champagne houses um, available in Ireland alone. So it's a huge market. Um, goes from the entry level, which you'll see in some shops that comes in at around 25 euros, maybe bottles, right up to anything you want, really, depending on how much you want to spend. We have a big range. We do carry thick or moe, the ones that you'd recognize. Uh, we also have a great champagne house for our own called Gosset, um, wonderful range of champagne. We also have Henry Guitar, which is a little better value, that comes in half bottles, magnum, uh, red side bottles. And what we found is that it's, the packaging is really important with champagne, particularly as a gift. And we have some really nice boxes, individual boxes, doubles. You put these in, we have ones with glasses, as you see out the front there from Louis Roder, which is a wonderful gift, about 75 euros, includes two really good glasses, which I think is a wonderful gift and a really nice package, ready to go, Johnny to wrap it up, lovely. And whenever it comes to the quality then, because they all come from a certain region, are they made with a certain grape? Are they all made with the yeah, Chardonnay absolutely. grape? Yeah, it's all made of Chardonnay Pinot Noir, which is a red grape, which is very unusual. But as I said before, I do think the, the juice that's in the grape is actually clear. It's the skin and the flesh that gives the colour. So they use Pinot Noir in, uh, in champagne making because it gives it a good bit of body. But they take the flesh and the skin out straight away. The juice is clear. Um, they all go through the same process as Champenoise, which is a very delicate and laborious uh, process, um, hence the cost of the product. Uh, plus, it's from within the Champagne region, it's only a certain amount produced every year, um, so that adds to the cost as well. But it's worth it. On a once-off for a celebration, absolutely worth it. And is that a bottle of Veuve Clicquot I see there with the, the orange yes. label? So back in my student days, I used to do promotional work for Guinness up in the north of Ireland, and Veuve Clicquot would have been one of their products. I suppose it might have been Diageo then, I can't remember. But yes, I, can, yeah, yeah. I can remember going to the races in the north one time to the Veuve Clicquot tent and having to open bottles of that and pour it. Compared to something like Moe, is that a much better champagne? It's probably, uh, the perception is that it's a little bit better. Uh, probably the problem with Moe is that it's so uh, widespread and it's used so often, uh, be it on TV, be it in adverts, be it in sponsorship, which kind of means that everybody knows the cost of it. Um, so you'll find a restaurant may steer away from something like Moe, whereas they may use Sico instead, which isn't as widely available, but it is, but isn't as, as 
everybody doesn't know the prices, and that's key when you're having a restaurant. But it is a similar price point to Moet, if my memory serves me correctly, from a retail yeah. perspective. There's only five or six years of difference between yeah. on retail and things, but in a restaurant, that could mean much more. And then something like Cristal, which is hugely expensive. Yeah. Why is it so expensive? It is, yeah. We have. It's just a very small production. Um, if they take a number of vintages of champagne that's produced every year, uh, blended together, so that it's, uh, at the moment we're on vintage 2008, uh, it tends to be 12, 13 years um, old when you sell it. Uh, it's an amazing product, only producing a few thousand bucks a year, and hence the rarity in the cost. Whenever it comes to the vintage of champagne, I presume that the lower price point ones, they are, they are supposed to be drunk young. Well, as in particular in the Moe that you hear are all non-vintages. They tend to blend a couple of vintages together, at least two or three, um, mainly because they want the champagne to be consistent year after year, not for it to change uh, with every vintage. And that's important uh, because people get used to drinking a particular type and a style and they want to stick with that. So the houses tend to do that year after year. So it's never one particular vintage. And then when you move up uh, into the more expensive products, like Clico has a vintage now, which I think we have there is 2010. And that's because it was a particularly good year and they really want to do that, but they wouldn't do that every year. So for somebody then that... Um they like bubbles, but they're maybe not a fan of, of champagne. And I do find that sometimes some people are very champagne, but others might be more Prosecco because I think it's, a, it's not mm. as dry sometimes. You have a lovely range of Prosecco. You actually have a Prosecco there that I really love, that I think there's a bit of a pear flavour to it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, absolutely. We, ca- we carry 10 or 12 Proseccos and so on. You have two different types of Proseccos we've done this before. You have Presante, which is a screw cap for a spaggio, which is a cork that you take out with a wine opener. And then you have Sumante, which is a complete pop-off uh, champagne-style Prosecco. Big difference in cost there in those two. Um, I have a couple of the Sumantes here. We have one from uh, Osvaldo, which you probably know. Very popular product. Uh, our most popular Prosecco by far. Uh, then we have one with a little step above that, probably from La Marca, a uh, little more expensive, getting towards champagne prices. But you'll find that they're 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 a little sweeter, uh, easier to drink, not as dry at all, um, and serve really cold. They're fantastic, and Irish people really used them. We drink it for Seca for a long time. And that the Marco one there, you do miniature bottles of it. We do, yeah, which are very popular. Um, they're used in bars, used them quite a bit. Uh, the bubble is fantastic. Usually if you, if you don't want to have a bottle of Prosecco, you just open, uh, have a glass and a half, which is what's in those small bottles. It's a 200 ml. Um, and they're fantastic. They're lovely. Two of them, well, chilled, and maybe for, for breakfast or a brunch in the morning. Absolutely. And have you found over the years, like I'd say 10 years ago, if I went into a bar and asked for a glass of Prosecco, they'd look at me. They wouldn't have it, whereas now most bars would be carrying it. Yeah, they would. They would have a, a generally a small bottle of the school cap prosecco. Uh, some of the bars are herbivorous prosecco might have it on draft. Uh, it's a system that we use here as well. We have a couple of uh, restaurants that use it. Uh, it tends to be the kind of lower end prosecco that's used in that. Uh, the frizzantes. Uh, the to be drank quickly uh, because the bubble will will disappear after ten or fifteen minutes generally in them. They're very good value in this. They're excellent. And then, 
from uh, you were talking about Spumonti there, where Moe is to champagne, I think Asti Spumonti is to Prosecco. Like Asti Spumonti would have been knocking about whenever I was a teenager. I think there was a few bottles of that cracked open for my 18th. Oh, yes, listen, that was probably the first party uh, outside of Champagne that made the country. Uh, the alcohol level tends to be a bit lower in it. As it does with most parts in Champagne, they don't tend to be that high at all. Hence, you probably find people. When you go back to your um, Christmas day, having a glass of it in the morning, they, they won't put you to sleep in the afternoon, which is ideal. And they refresh you because they're bubbles and um, it, it works really well. But the last six months, you're still around. I feel it's hot, it's because I could take over the six weeks in that market. Go ahead. Now, not everybody likes bubbles of any description, and I think it's important mm. to, to get them what they do drink. And you have a whole range now of, of other reds, whites, and rosés. And I want to ask you in particular about the rosés because I'm hearing a lot about Whispering Angel at the moment. What's the story with that? Yes, yeah, this is from Provence in South France. Um, Rosé was, was um, did fine in Ireland for years. It sold in restaurants. It uh, wasn't hugely popular, but every restaurant would have one on the list, or maybe two. But for the last couple of years, it's been amazing. Um, Whispering Angel has probably driven that uh, business. Um, it's not a cheap bottle of wine. Uh, you know, 22, 23 euros a bottle. Uh, got a lot of press on, on uh, and a lot of followers because of the, I think the Kardashians, you had it in, in their kitchen on a few occasions, uh, were seen drinking it, um, and all their followers uh, kind of latched onto it and gave it this absolute boost to this business, uh, which has been amazing. Uh, so you have Whispering Angel, which is the, the, the red little one, the one above that thing called Rock Angel, a little more expensive again. We have magnums of it, which sell really well, which is a double bottle. That's fantastic. It's in a box. It's really well. And again, they're pretty easy to drink. Um, they're not sweet at all. They're light and dry. And they work very well at food or before dinner. But we have other ones um, that we've been selling for a number of years. We have one here from Lafage, which is an amazing product. And great value. It's around 15 euros in a bottle. And we have this x Rose, which is a new product, which was bought in, uh, we bought in last year for the first time. About 18 or 19 euros a bottle. That's amazing. One of the best roses we have. You have a very exclusive range of wines and champions that people can't get anywhere else, which I think can be quite important whenever you want to give a special gift. And that's important if you're getting the gift that you want to know people, you don't actually know the exact price of what you're giving them the all possible. Um, so there's a bit of mystery about it. And we find that the product tends to be a superior product. And the producers we work with are very happy with that. They like to be rich. And, and speaking of whites and, and exclusivity, is that a bottle of Cloudy Bay I see at the front there? Yes, yeah, which is, I've been selling Cloudy Bay for years, but then had a, had a real um, jump in sales for the last uh, few months, probably since before Christmas, really. It's been remarkable. Um, uh, again, it's not a cheap bottle of, of Sauvignon Blanc, Dudil from Marlborough, probably the most long established premium. Um, from there uh, it's a beautiful bottle of wine um, and it's going really really well people recognise it instantly as being probably the top end of New Zealand's wine available yeah it's funny now how that would be on my radar from a, a very long time ago in a particular restaurant in the north of Ireland and I can remember um, being in Ashford Castle one time in the good days and being on the menu, and it was very expensive, but, you know, it was a special occasion, so we were treated. Yeah. And them giving us the cork, the sommelier, 
would actually he took the label off it as well and gave us the cork and put it into the like a wallet with the menu to remember the the whole occasion but that looks like a screw top now so they've obviously changed over from corks to screw tops now that tells you how long ago it was since i was in ashford castle enjoying that I think New Zealand probably um, uh, stole the march of the country in the world uh, to get some concerns. And they made the, the huge leap, probably 15 or more years ago now, and put the real premium product to cap, which no other country is going to do at the time. Uh, Cloudy Bay being one of the, the, the pioneers of that with Bloss and Dry Hills and, and a few more. Um, this has worked very well. Uh, New Zealand's family blanket is to drank in the... Um, Within two or three years of, of it being bottled, um, we had 2019 up to about a week ago. 2020 has just arrived, um, and that's the vintage from now on, and that's what's supposed to be as fresh as you can Okay, fabulous. And then you have another nice Sauvignon Blanc there to the right of the screen. Yes, yeah, yeah. We have a, we have a couple more from the Zealand's, which we have Ned and Pear Tree and Curious uh, Kiwi and Sir Hill, a few more. But we have one French product over there on the on the on the extreme left, which is from the Reverie, which is a range we took in last year for the first time. And this is a their entry level Sauvignon Blanc they produce for the Brumets on there and into Salon as well. But this Sauvignon Blanc is made the product. Uh, costs you around 13 euros a bottle, and it's probably one of the best bottles of white wine we have. And we found it that we put a lot of packs together for people, which is maybe three bottles, four bottles, six bottles of a range of wine, maybe two whites. Um, Two sparklings and, and two reds in a lovely presentation box. And this price starts at around you know, 75, 100 euros. And you get some really, really nice products in that. We even include, always try to include this one because I think it's one people may not pick up if they've seen it, but it, it gets a fantastic reaction. Yeah, that, I, I've had that now and it is a lovely bottle of Sauvignon Blanc. And then for the reds, I think that's a Chilean red you have there. Yeah, that's a product we have from La Junta, which is um, uh, the range that we use from Chile. It's our own recluse in Ireland. Uh, that's a, that's a granite there, but that's a seriously good bottle of wine. Not overly expensive, around 17 euros, but for, if you were to take that product and try and produce in France, it'd probably be 40 or 50 euros a bottle. Uh, I think it's amazing. Malbec is usually popular from Argentina. Uh, we have some French Malbec as well. We have one there from Calia, which is amazing. Like it's, it's for the price that's like 50 to 60 years it's absolutely super fantastic well look you have the full range there if people want just to buy the alcohol because we were talking to dan from springfield castle earlier on in the program and they're doing a nice mother's day menu mm. but you've teamed up with 1826 adair with weed and elaine murphy and they're doing a fabulous Mother's Day menu, and you have paired yes, some yeah, wines yeah. with it. Tell us about the wines that are coming with Weed and Elaine's lunch. Well, there's a choice of a red or white, and we thought we'd pick two nice products. And thanks very much to, to Wade and Elaine for including us. Um, fantastic restaurant, as you know. Um, and um, can't wait till we can actually be back in person and, and visit us. But we had uh, the white is a New Zealand something called Kono, usually pop. Product in the restaurant, um, lovely Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, on the red side of the pastel Tosso Malbec uh, from Mendoza in Argentina. So we think they fit perfectly with the menu that that Wade has, has expertly put together. Um, and we can't wait for people to try them when they when they uh, order. I think the, the Wade is opening and Elaine is opening the lines on Wednesday, uh, and I'm sure it'd be hugely popular um, because it's uh, the middle restaurant. 
Absolutely, definitely. It's something that people want to order it. Go on to 1826 Adair's website and get in early because it will sell out early. And we'd love to see people sharing on their social media their their nice Mother's Day lunches and them enjoying your wines because you're very active in social media yourself and you've been doing videos and you actually are, are doing a series of Meet the Winemakers where you're putting up videos of some of the wine houses that you've visited. Yeah, we're very lucky. We have some fantastic characters um, from all over the world, uh, really. And they've been very good to us. And of course, they're all very proactive now because they don't have the face-to-face sales that they would have had before. And these guys would have all come to, and ladies would have all come to the country to visit us uh, annually. Um, so they're missing that as well. Um, so we found that, that if, if they could maybe taste a couple of the wines, uh, do it online, uh, we'd post the videos and give people a real kind of in depth look at some of the products that we sell. And some of them are amazing. We've Matthew Boards uh, from uh, Chatelier Grange on this uh, amazing product. Now that's, that's the 100 euros a bottle, uh, red wine, but it's a fantastic product. Small production every year, um, but one of the best Bordeaux reds on the market, bar none. And I think whenever we're not getting out, if you you know if you're used to going out for dinner regularly, um, like a hundred euros, you'd you'd spend that on a good quality dinner somewhere. So whenever we don't have those opportunities at the moment, it is an ideal time to mm. treat yourself to a bottle of wine like that that you would never do in in the previous lives that we had. And listen, this isn't a bottle of wine that you're going to open on a, on a watching a movie. This is kind of a sit down, maybe your you know, nice dinner put together. You want to, something really nice, nice to read. Um, and um, it's just it's remarkable. It's just, I mean, the Grange is a kind of a, it's a very popular palace in Ireland. So the, the Chateau is pretty well known. Um, but it's not as well known as some of the really bigger ones, which is Lynch Bage, uh, Latour, Rothschild. So I think their product stands up to any one of those at probably a fraction of the price. Um, if you buy a bottle of the Mutual Machai 2009, having a wine list, it's probably 700 euros. Um, so I think there's a massive difference in cost there in some of those products. Uh, but Lagrange, is a, is a, I think it's amazing. And we're so happy to have the relationship we have with them, which has been going on a few years now. And uh, we're delighted with those kind of online things. So I think they really help. Fantastic. Well, you're delivering and you're going to be busy now um, in West Limerick and North Kerry, delivering minimum of six bottles. If people want to get in touch with you, your details are on the website, forestal.ie, or to go on to your social media and contact you through that. And um, look, I can personally say there's no better way to wake up Mother's Day to a nice bottle of bubbles with maybe some orange juice in, in the middle of it to get one of your five a day. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, listen, we, do, we deliver, um, uh, we do it in our own van. Uh, that's been important to us all along. Uh, we do it under all the, the restrictions that we have to adhere to with COVID. Uh, our service is very good. Uh, it should be pretty quick. So even if you're last minute, we can definitely sort you out something, uh, which is uh, always important when you're looking at the guys probably are carrying the can for this one. <laughs> so we're happy with that. And of course, we have a huge range of spirits, uh, premiums, gin, some really nice single gin sets which is through the glass or anyone like that. We have tonic, you know, anything at all you can think of. Basically, if you have a budget and you want to put it together, we'll find a box that will suit your, uh, the, uh, the, the love of your life, whatever that may be. Fantastic. Well, listen, thanks a million for telling us all about it tonight and happy Mother's Day to, to Bernie. Pass that on for me. Thanks. 
Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. And that brings us to the end of the programme this evening. Thanks for tuning in tonight and to my guests, Dan Sykes, Katie Noonan and Ron Forrestal. Until next week, bon appétit. Do you want to get in touch with the best possible taste? Do you want to come on, share a recipe, review a cookery book, or just have a general chat about what you like to eat and drink? All you have to do is get in touch with me, Sharon Noonan, by sending an email to s.noonan at live.ie or send me a tweet at Queen of Org. Bon appétit!